This is about creativity, but not how you might think of it. If you're making associations that sort of put you in a camp that doesn't belong to creative people, then this is for you. Listen to B. Higgins, who is a creative copywriter and messaging mentor and an incredibly down-to-earth, beautiful individual. She will share a story about her own personal disability and, frankly, near-death experience. And there's nothing sad about this episode. You will be laughing, you will feel inspired, and you will breathe a sigh of calmness when you realise that you're way more creative than you think. This is Unsquashed. I'm your host, Trisha Lewis. Engage your detective mindset and let's get ready to solve the mystery of the squashed self. Let's get creative, B. Okay, I'm I'm already feeling creative vibes coming through my screen as I look at you here <laughs> in Zoom land and your lovely pictures behind you and the loveliness of you. So I, I just want to delve into this idea of embracing our creativity because and I don't want to put people on, I'm immediately saying to my listeners if you are because this is what B will reassure us all about in a minute if you think oh god you know arty farty creatives okay I'm that's not me I'm, I'm just trying to run a business here or whatever I'm just trying to progress my career don't give me all this creative malarkey um then just stick with this because I think you'll get a different perspective and um, you might be surprised at a few insights. So let's start <laughs> off at the very beginning. Once upon a time, B, um, you will have experienced a sense of what I call being self-squashed, self-squashing feeling. Uh, yes. yes. And maybe hopefully you also experienced how you got out of that. So have you got a story to share? Yeah, so I guess when I first started my business, I was most definitely self-squashing, as I think many of us do when we first enter the world of business and we look around and we think, well, here we go, <laughs> off we go, off to the races. Um, but I think I was probably doing it to an, an extent that I didn't really realise at the time, which I think, again, is pretty much true of a lot of us. So my story is quite an interesting one because I hadn't ever intended to become a business owner and I don't just mean I woke up one day and was like oh god I've got a business what do I do you know um in 2010 I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease which is an inflammatory bowel disease um that pretty much inter uh, impacts your daily life in many deeply unglamorous ways that I won't go into now um so I found myself at university despite this new diagnosis thinking you know that's okay I'll just carry on and everything will work out hopefully who knows let's just put two feet on the ground and see what happens um, and I ended up having to pause my university study sort of midway through um, for life-saving traumatic surgery so life really came at me fast yet again um, and I sort of I came to realize that I wasn't ever going to be able to do a typical nine-to-five so because my mind and body could no longer physically or mentally facilitate that, I realized pretty quickly, I am going to have to start my own business. And so 
I sort of turned up to business life with a creative writing degree, no business acumen, um, with a knowledge that I loved writing. I knew how to write. I could do it extremely well for all different forms. I could write you a poem if I wanted. <laughs> I could write you a short story. Um, but I, so I threw my world in, uh, myself into the world of business. I turned up at LinkedIn. And that's where a lot of my self-squashing began because I thought, okay, well, nobody is going to take me seriously or want to work with me if I turn up to somebody's lovely corporate party, also not wearing a beige or grey suit. You know, I can't just turn up in all of my, like, with all my creative wonder, with all of my colour, with all of my creative intuition. I can't just turn up and be like, well, hi, guys, this is me. I write for businesses, whatever, because I thought everybody's going to take one look at me and be like, well, she hasn't got a clue. Like, she doesn't know what any of these businessy terms mean. And she can't even bring up business businessy terms off the top of her head because she doesn't really know any, any, even though she's like six years down the line into a business, you know? And so that's where I sort of said to myself, okay, so we're going to have to dilute ourselves a little bit in what we share. We need to try and fit in. We need to see what other people are doing. And we need to just sort of roll with that. But here's the thing. I'm also incredibly stubborn and individualistic. So I don't like doing what I'm told. And I don't like it when people, things are assumed of me. So I quickly realized I wasn't going to do that. I wasn't going to be this other person. And I said to myself, if they don't like me as I am, who cares? You know, there's some choice language that I probably typically use in that space, which I won't use today. But who cares if people don't like all of me because they're going to get all of me. Um, and so ever since then, I feel like I've tried to stop that self-squashing. But like so many of my clients, it doesn't mean I haven't felt it or I can't appreciate it. Or even now, I don't think to myself, oh, <laughs> we're being a little bit out there. Maybe we should just dial this down a bit, you know? So I guess that's that was the beginning of my self-squashing. Um, and hopefully it's something that listeners can really relate to. Yeah. Um, well, 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 I'm listening and I can relate to it. <laughs> so even if no one else is listening. Oh, thank God there's, there's one person on earth who gets me. <laughs> Oh, I love that. I love that we use businessy terms. I was just absolutely, that's exactly the way to describe businessy because yeah, that's what happens. You, said, you, know? you don't want to use the word business because you think, well, what is that? What, what are you doing here? What? <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. And I also, yeah, I also relate to stubborn and individualist. <laughs> obviously uh very good uh qualities to have everybody um and we all know we use that word stubborn <laughs> we find ways of um perhaps framing that in, in yeah I feel like other people like use like oh spirited or whatever you know but I am quite happy to wade in and be like look if you tell me to do something one way I will probably try and deliberately come up with other ways to do it you know and I can't help it you see the, the, I, I really I'm really apologize in advance for this B and listeners but this is so in line with the tiny little story that I have that I actually share 
um, at the beginning of my book. Sorry, this isn't meant to be about me at all. But I just let me just try and find the nugget of it that so that you absolutely express so beautifully in these words, stubborn and individualistic. So, so after doing A level art, this we're going back into you know Victorian days here. I was um, I went to art school, and mm -hmm. so uh, big fish, small pond, small fish, big pond scenario. Um, and it was in the seventies as well, and everybody was being incredibly pretentious. <laughs> and, <laughs> And I, I felt then, only I had no words for it, and I didn't understand it at all until really comparatively recently. I had this rebellious thing in me that I didn't want to do what everybody else was doing. And it wasn't that I wanted to be um, out there crazy, whatever, because everyone was being sort of out there crazy. And it was almost like yeah. I wanted not to be out there. <laughs> but whatever way you took this I didn't want to be following this yeah. herd as I saw it and 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 ultimately I I ditched out of art school and and then in fact ended up doing something which I thought was my own choice um but then it wasn't really the choice of my parents who'd spent like you know an entire fortune on my education um and so then I ended up getting sidetracked back into something that wasn't my choice because because my father had contacts, you know, and again, I'm in a place where I'm thinking, I oh, know this isn't, this isn't me, this is me. Look, everybody else is not me. Everybody else is not me. And so it was eventually that I kind of, really in recent times, have looked back on that stuff, thinking if only I recognised that that what I was doing was fighting mm -hmm. rather than working this out. Okay, so. So you end up in a sort of fight state where you actually do nothing of any use or value to you or anybody else. Uh, you're just you're just in a fight. <laughs> and, and so yeah. you're going away slamming doors and things like that, rather than thinking, ah, oh, yeah, no, this is the way I am. OK, that's fine. They're OK. That's the way they are. Everyone's happy. That's fine. It's not kind of me. Um, so I need to find a way I might have to I might have to um tone myself down a bit for this bit and I might have to do something I don't like for a few weeks here and I might have to mm. do whatever but I'm kind of on a, a bit of a trail of exploring and I'm kind of getting when I feel I'm not in the right place etc except mm. I didn't do any of that I just was in a I think I think it's quite interesting because like my parents are very much hands-off like they're very much just like be whoever you want to be and are going to be you know I feel like they at no point were they ever like you should do this I think you should do that like even now they let us me and my sister be our own free spirits and I think in that way that's why it was quite interesting when I turned up <laughs> suddenly as a business owner because I was like oh so now that now there's sort of vibes and things I'm picking up on and I'm like oh am I like a fish out of water here like am I entering a world that isn't especially built for me but then at the same time I was looking around at nine to five employment and now that I was newly disabled I realized okay so that world has sort of you know pushed me aside and I'm sure people are listening be like oh but there's lots of different things where you know disabled workers are whatever and yep fair enough but there's still discrimination out there I've experienced it firsthand weekly it's still there even if it's spoken about in hushed tones whatever it's still very much prevalent so when I turned up as like you know 
be the business owner, there was that self-squashing for, for a while. And it was a very new sensation to me because I hadn't ever, I hadn't ever really squashed myself in such an intense way before. Like before it would just be because like somebody told me I can't just start singing a song in the middle of science class because somebody said a word that was a really prominent lyric in it, you know, like that was like, that was like the way people would squash me before. Um, and I would think at the time I also felt like a societal squashing that became my own self-squashing because, you know, I was turning up as a disabled woman who was also young, you know, there was all of these things that I was turning up as not your typical, you know, business owner or whatever. And I was putting a lot of pressure on myself then thinking I need people to take me seriously so I need to suddenly take on this quality or be a bit more like this you know because I already knew that a lot of stuff was going against me whereas now I I don't care anyone can think what <laughs> because once they've been in my world for more than 10 minutes they see I know my stuff and you know I've got the best kind of qualities that they're looking for when it comes to writing for your business um, and none of that matters. <laughs> oh, I love this. I love this. I love this. Um, yes, societal squashing. That's a, I'm having that. <laughs> both, both people with an S for a start. I mean, that's perfect. Yeah, right, I am. Oh, I'm a poet. So alliteration yes. really is my thing. Just flows out of you, Pete. I can I can feel it already. Listeners will feel already this ability you have to tell story and use words because it's it's like flooding out of you, whether you know it or not. It's it, it's beautiful. So let's talk about story and stuff. So that's interestingly, you said I wanted them to take me seriously. Okay, which is in itself a sentence that we could probably spend the next three weeks, um, you know, dissecting. Um, yeah. But let's just think about creativity because because in a way you know when I went to art school it's kind of not a serious thing to do you know back in my day and actually still now people talk about the soft skills people oh, talk Christ, about yeah. oh you know uh, it's all just all a bit lovey and you know whatever um nobody will take you nobody will take you seriously if you've got a media degree or whatever it is you know so there's this there is still and I'm that's decades worth of um, stuff going on there. So I wonder whether that is a thing that that people do have and as an association in their head, if they're in, if they want to be more creative, if they want to kind of nurture the creative side of them and bring it out more, do they think whether they realize it or not, societal squashing, creative, not serious? Yeah, I think there is a lot of that. There's whenever I talk to people about creativity or I even use the word creative, everybody sort of recoils because they're like, oh God, I can't paint. You know, I can't do this, can't do that. Neither can I. My grandmother was an artist and even I can't paint and I call myself creative. So don't worry about all the things that you can't do. When it comes to creativity, I think it is about focusing on what you can do with your creativity and where you're using it on a daily basis without even realizing you know like so many of us have like creative intuition and instincts you know maybe it's like walking a different path home because you want to see something that's a little bit more exciting engaging interesting whatever you know I think there is this big thing about creativity especially in society where we you know we're constantly trying to 
underfund the arts and things like that that's that's an entirely different podcast and one where I could get on my soapbox but um yeah and you know and I think there is still this this worry that to be a creative you have to create masterpieces and this is something I find myself talking a lot to people in my group membership oftentimes you know we're holding people up because we're looking at all of the grand incredible profound things that they've put out there and we're not seeing the experimentation in between you know when you look at when you think of artists authors you know whatever you're seeing like these big profound works and things like that but very rarely are we then contemplating all of the bits in between all of the absolutely terrible things or all of of the really good things that never got you know the recognition that they perhaps deserved we're always holding ourselves up to a creative standard that is way beyond what we actually need to so I think sometimes yeah creativity does sound like a very scary topic to some um but I think for for me, I think that's why a lot of what I do is trying to make it ex- accessible to more people, really bring it down to a basic definition and basic acts that people can try and do for themselves. So so can you give us some examples of that? So, so if somebody's there thinking, I mean, I don't know, what's the best way to make this practical? I suppose the obvious one is to talk about content creation and um although that's not obviously that's not the world that, the world isn't just content creation I don't know whether anybody realized that no <laughs> are you joking oh, oh my gosh. um I said it I said it here first um no so but if we imagine somebody who does who has I mean, and this could also be baggage. You know, this I talk about fears, illusions and baggage that, that holds us back, the fibs, because, you know, we certainly when I grew up, you were you, there was a danger of being labelled either by your your um, guardians, your teachers, your whatever. So oh, she's very creative. Oh, she's mm-hmm. very sporty. Oh, she's very academic, whatever. And I suspect that still happens. Mm. And so people might have a bit of baggage on that, that they weren't the creative one. Mm. Um, And now they're in this world where they think, as you say, creative is quite a scary thing. It's got to be amazing. You know, Um, it's got to be the equivalent of Shakespeare or Simon Sinek or whatever. Otherwise, it's just, you know, Mm -hmm. not worth bothering with. So how... Can we help them? Rec- how can we help people recognize this kind of creative thing that is already there in them and that, that, that they're using but not recognizing? Oh, that was a bad sentence, but you know what I mean. Yeah, so I think <laughs> <laughs> it's hoping otherwise this is going to be a real tangent. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think the thing is, creativity is innate within us all. Yeah, so it is already there. It's not something that we need to try and like really desperately aspire to, whatever. There's there's nuggets of it already within us, as terrifying as that may sound. And I think a lot of it is literally kind of us exploring and expressing how we're interacting with the world around us on a deeper level. At its heart, that's what it is. So in our content, that's where it's showing up. Um, but I think... Yeah, to show how it's kind of ever it can creativity for me is anything from, you know, when you're making like a meal out of everything from the fridge, 
And you sort of put a dash of this in there, a dash of that in there, and you create like this nourishing meal at the end of a long day. That to me is creativity in action, you know? For a lot of people, that's just like throwing something together, hoping it's not absolutely appalling and going on about something else. So there's all these little examples of where it is showing up. And I think for a lot of us, we're forgetting that it's something that we kind of have to activate to get us there. So whilst it is there, for me, it's very much about going into ourselves and being like, okay, I know I've got to get this copy and content done. So I'm not just going to plunk myself down at my desk, tell myself I've got to bash out a blog post, a newsletter, and then sit and wonder for hours why nothing's coming to me, you know? Like I kind of said, I've got a really holistic approach to writing. And I try and encourage clients and listeners, whatever, to do the same. That really sees you think about your creative intuition and your creative inspiration and how you can also nourish that and nurture it. Because if you do that, it will reward you with fresh ideas, unique perspectives. And let's face it, stop you going completely insane. Because if you just sit there thinking, well, all of this great stuff comes to other people when they're doing it. Why doesn't that happen to me? You know, and there there are multiple ways that you can nurture your creativity. And it really will depend on how you like to spend your time, kind of where your passion flows, where you get the bulk of your energy from in life. So like for me, if I need to sit down and write some copy and content that's really kind of focused, whatever, I'll try and get like short bursts connecting with nature somewhere or engaging in delicious conversations such as this one or maybe watching something new or listening something new, really properly listening to it. Be Having that sort of sense of mindfulness and going into something and hoping to get something out of it. I mean, from what I gather from my social snooping, I imagine you nurture your creativity by sort of moving your body, whether that's climbing or, again, connecting with nature, you know, nourishing yourself with good food in new places or engaging with others via this podcast, via your post, via your speaking about their experiences and their processes. All of this connects. It's all the cycle the way that you do this, this is going to inspire you to go and write about something for your business on a particular topic or open up about something else or maybe ignite a story that's sort of been lying dormant within you for a long time and you never really made the connections between things before. So I think the thing with creativity is where people are like, oh, I don't have it or I'm not good enough, you know, I'm just not creative look at the ways that you can maybe start to spark it because it is there but it doesn't flow from you just by you know sitting very still staring at a screen and I've tried it a billion times you know I write for my clients and I will sit there and think I've got a deadline and if I don't get these words on the page not getting paid and so many times I've sat there for hours just really just trying hoping I can you know get another sentence out whatever and it's always when I step back and I focus on nurturing that creativity you know I'm into baking loaf cakes at the moment is this a cry for help maybe (laughs) but it means I can come back to my writing and I've got that energy I've been revitalized you know I've created something and now my brain is in that headspace where we can sit and write words that sound quite good together Oh gosh. Oh, oh, oh. 
That, right. Okay. And breathe. <laughs> no, so and breathe. No, let's all breathe because we need to breathe <laughs> that wisdom in. I'm breathing right now. Breathe, listeners. Oh, just feel that. That's just so good. I love all that. I love that. So, for instance, um, uh, I've, I've written down. To, I've written down the word authentic here because I know it's a word that everyone gets weird about, but I've just written it down because it's brilliant shorthand, um, and it actually is a word that is quite good. Mm-hmm. So, um, so when you are uh, coming up, so so for instance, going back to that art school thing, what what was happening? I didn't recognise it at the time at mm-hmm. all. I mean, I was. 18 for goodness sakes um and and it was the summer of 76 I mean what can I say you know <laughs> so I, did, I hadn't really done this massive psychological um assessment of myself at this point um you know I just fancied Craig I mean that that was yeah. all there was to it really at that time um so um <laughs> And he was a bastard, I might tell you. But anyway, moving on That's from a Craig. Well, we... <laughs> a teenage boyfriend that <laughs> wasn't a dreamboat. What? Uh, um, so <laughs> I bought that up. Why did I do it? I'm the podcast host. I didn't have to do that, but I did. So um, I'm the thing that occurs to me in hindsight is that. You know, so my tutor loved all this way out stuff that student X was doing. Why wasn't I doing this? You know, um, I I actually liked life drawing, which is quite old school, you know. Mm. But anyway, I needed to do something way out. And so so I went into a space of thinking where I'm thinking I need to do something way out, you know, cool, uh, cutting edge, crazy, like student X, uh, all right, so I then start sketching this. I actually remember what it was. It was like a giant hamburger thing that I was getting. This was quite trendy in the 70s. I don't know, made of this and that and the other. And it was, yeah. and why didn't, why didn't I feel good about this process? Why was this one of the last things I did before ditching art school? Because it wasn't authentic. There was nothing about me. All I was doing was saying, I have to do this because this is what cool people do. This is what my tutor wants. And you can directly relate that to the world of content creation, can't you? Oh, most definitely. I mean, we talk about, you know, busting myths or whatever. And I think I think it is that, particularly in my industry, it is seen as like this, a lot of people will profess that there's one way to skin a cat. <laughs> Sorry about that phrasing. It's not especially nice, but it's the one that comes to mind. So, you know, you see a lot of these one size fits all 12 step strategies to write and copy and content for your business that will earn you 12 billion pounds in the next month. And that's fine. You know, if people have found a way to write for their business that especially works for them and they've got those sort of requisite skills that to facilitate that for other people, then I'm more than happy for them. They can do what they want. I do think, however, that the influx of that kind of type of messaging has definitely negatively impacted the way small business owners um, kind of approach writing, copying content, because it feels like there is a set way that they have to follow and they have to tick certain boxes for their writing to be valid or to be right or doing, you know, doing the best. Like I find that, especially with my group membership, especially, we have a lot of these insightful discussions about creative mindset. And I find a lot of them are saying to me, they feel this real pressure and overwhelm to live up to these scraps of advice that they've picked up from various gurus or whatever over the years. 
and my advice is to to always strip it back you know and try and create a creative space for yourself where you give yourself permission to experiment and play you give yourself permission to write something that's god awful you know sometimes that's what you need and to really reaffirm to yourself that you are allowed to create an approach to writing for your business that feels comfortable to you yes it might not be the fanciest thing or it might not be what everybody else is telling you but if you're trying to go for that it's never gonna stick you're never gonna be consistent it's like just the other day people were saying oh what's your approach to planning your content because you're always on the ball and what I do just isn't very good it's not very techy whatever and they all fell about when I held up my notepad with my mind map and I said well I get my pen and paper and I sit down at the start of the week I write my branches for the different platforms I want to post on and then I'll sit there and I'll think about the conversations I've had that week what I feel you know I really feel like I really need to talk about that week, whatever. And then I'll just sit there with my pen and paper and write and write it all in. And I and I said to them, there's no fancy tech. There's no wow, knock your socks off strategy there. I was like, but it works for me. Might not work for you, you know, and I'm not telling everybody this is the one way you have to do it. What I am telling people, however, is to figure out a process and approach that works for you, that fits, that doesn't leave you feeling resentful that you have to write for your business, you know? Because I think that's always a big red flag when you start to feel like you just can't do it and it falls by the wayside. That's when you have to go, okay, what part of this is making me feel God awful and get rid of it and replace it with a part of the process that feels nice? Oh, yeah. So that's what I would say to listeners. The best approach to writing for your business is the one that feels right to you. I don't care if so-and-so says that's not correct or there's a fancy app that you can do it through that would take, you know, a tenth of the time, whatever. If all of that stuff sort of washes over you and leaves you feeling cold and lifeless, you don't have to do it, you know? I'm, I'm a professional writer. I write for clients, I write for myself, whatever, and I have a notebook and pen, you know, <laughs> like if that's what works for you, do it. Keep going with it. If you're able to show up, you know, even just once a week and that's your consistency, then I'm celebrating you, you know, for me. Yeah, I do show up, try and show up every single day. And I do that by, you know, on some days if I turn up and I'm like, there's nothing remotely insightful or profound coming from my brain today nothing I'll either repurpose something that I've done before or I'll kind of make light of the fact that I'm not going to be profound today and I'm going to ask what your go-to chippy tea is and I'm going to talk about the luminous curry sauce for longer than I need to you know and I'm going to give myself that grace because I know tomorrow I'm going to come out with something that is you know relevant and will resonate give yourself that grace with your creativity especially when you're writing for your business and it becomes so much easier Oh my gosh. Right. That, that was, that was. You need a lie down. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Quick nap break, everyone. 
Well, we are, we are going to, regretfully, we are going to wrap up in a minute. And I actually believe that you've just given a pra the, the practical tip and the myth buster in that, in that last beautiful piece. Of How myth. seamless was that? Eh? It was totally <laughs> seamless. Um, and, uh, and there's so many other things, you know, when you talked about the, um, going to the fridge and picking out bits and pieces that were in there and making a meal and that actually is creativity. <laughs> and I thought, and you go compare that to your what used to be called nouveau cuisine. I'm sure it's not called that anymore, but your fancy restaurant, Gordon Ramsay-esque or whatever it is, with your bits and bobs of here and your lemongrass leaves and oh, whatever, fur cones. <laughs> and you know, um <laughs> and, and that <laughs> and this is like looking things. Yeah, exactly. And this is really special, but actually. In terms of relating to people, which is what you're meant to be doing when you share, I mean, that is like why you're yeah. sharing. Um, actually, there, it is way more relatable to talk about the bits and bobs you've taken out of your fridge and put together on a plate than that other. And I think that applies to content as well. So, yeah. you know, sometimes the slicker and the same, I would say, with public speaking as well. Mm. If you were doing a talk, you know, too slick and you lose it. You lose that relatability, that engagement, that sense that the people are breathing in with you. Um, what's going yeah. on just just dissipates into a into a super slick um kind of cold place. And yeah. so so actually that that was a lovely little analogy. And. One of the things I do uh, that sparks my creativity that I thought I should just confess at this point, because I feel, yeah. no, I do feel a confession. I'm leaning in. I've already confessed about Craig. So now, <laughs> um, now, now I'm going to confess about um, listening to people's conversations. So oh, when yeah. I'm. Mm, and people I'm making, watching. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I, if I'm in a, the, my main reason for going into a cafe is um, to listen to, I, I need to seat myself in a place where it can be reasonably subtle. And yet mm. I'm just within um, grasp of being able to hear. And I will have a notebook and I do write things down. And even a passing conversation, you know, when you get those snippets of people passing you um, when you're on a walk and it's just one sentence or two. Oh, <laughs> I, I yeah. love that sentence. Oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a curious writer. I have to sit with you know my notepad or whatever. You know, I'm I'm not a nosy cow. You know, I need you to know that, Trish. I'm I'm a curious writer here. <laughs> when I sit, sort of gawping at people or listening in or noting something down, like I'm always doing that. I think when people talk to me, they're like, "Does she have to have an entire notepad and a pen next to her?" But I do because those are the things that are sparking my creativity you know it doesn't have to be something groundbreaking I'm not on a retreat swinging in a hammock you know like I'm yeah. literally just sat in my little village and something is just inspiring me to talk about a subject or you know write an analogy whatever yeah and it's and it's finding those connections and 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 I think people don't underestimate the the if you just open up to doing that that is mega creative that you know yeah. You don't, you, we're not talking about Jackson Pollock or whatever here, you know, that that, that yeah. is creative, allowing your brain to, like you, you've said so beautifully in this conversation, just sort of opening up and finding, sort of going in and opening up and all those things that people mm -hmm. maybe don't realise are just the tiny little 
unlocking keys to that yeah. creativity people, yeah. people don't want anything groundbreaking from you you know as much as we're like trying to strive for some sort of perfection nobody is asking that of you they just want to see part of themselves in what you're writing or they want to see something that they're aspiring to in your writing you know it's never about creating something super profound you know I know I it's difficult for me to say as a writer I do find writing easier than say somebody who you know definitely isn't within that world or whatever so I always say to people just focus on the feelings the emotion get to the heart of what you're trying to say and don't worry about having to try and dress it all up with like analogies metaphors whatever look I'm throwing creative terms around so that people realize this is my wheelhouse and just because I don't know business terms <laughs> doesn't mean I don't know what I'm talking about with creativity but uh yeah focus focus on just getting to the heart of it don't worry about having to dress everything up or be clever or you know or follow a framework or a template or look at how the gurus are doing it and try and you know recreate that yourself because sometimes that can leave you feeling so empty and it means that you don't post you hide away you think it's just not for me you hope on a wing and a prayer people will just find you miraculously whatever so just ditch all of that and literally just go back to basics because oh, that's, that's what you need to hear I know yeah. nobody says it and sometimes I feel like am I wrong for saying it like am I the weird one but then I look at clients and things that I work with and the breath that they're able to take after I say it's okay to do things your way and not have to tick these specific boxes every single time, whatever. They're taking out word of breath. They turn up as consistently as they want to. They write things that are reaching out to other people. They're working with people who are such a perfect fit for them. And it's because they're not torturing themselves anymore, <laughs> you know? And it is that simple. Stop torturing yourself. <laughs> that listeners is the line to end on stop whatever you're doing now stop it stop, stop. torturing yourself immediately okay I can see you out there torturing yourself it's got to stop hasn't it B okay that comes from B and myself okay so um <clears throat> yes you know who you are Okay. <laughs> uh, be the, just just give the listeners a little quick um thing or a quick thing okay. that's that's creativity when you forget words just say thing and, and yeah. people will relate to that okay so a quick thing on where to get in touch with you so you can email me at b at vivatramp.co.uk or you can search for my name B Higgins on LinkedIn. I'm also on Twitter at Bloom with B and I'm also on Instagram at Bloom with B Copy. Yeah, you're everywhere, but but so beautifully organically non-templatey and it's it's a delight to know you and so yeah um just I, that's been very therapeutic thank you so much I feel like we could have done this for like 10 hours and still not run out of things to yeah say. I almost I, I I'm really struggling to press end now okay listeners just see, see what I'm doing now sorry I've come back in 
I've come back in quickly. What I just did then, without realising it, was I actually role-played something. I role-played doing what would not be on the list of ways to be a podcast host. I mean, that what I just did... That was very creative of you. Oh, my gosh. I mean, who does that? Who says at the end of... Oh, that's it. I can't okay, press well, it. Off you go. It goes into a silence. <laughs> just rabbits. Nobody does that. that I, not- I, have the, I have this effect on people. I'm <laughs> so, so sorry. You might need to get checked out. <laughs> right. We'll just fade. I'll tell you what. I'll fade on the edit. I'll just fade this last bit out. I'll just fade it out. B. Forget okay? it ever happened. Yeah. It was all a dream. Oh. About staying unsquashed. Then head over to more resources at trishalewis.com. And while you're there, sign up for the fortnightly email, Unsquashed. For now, until our next forensic investigation, stay curious and don't forget to show up to share.